What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to a special podcast edition of Weekend Geek for FanboysAnonymous.com. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me is Robert DeFelice. Hey, Tony. We've done back-to-back weeks of Fanboys podcast. How does that feel? Great. I love it. Wish I could do more. Uh, Let's do more. If you want us to do more, hit up the Patreon. I will plug plenty of things later on. I'm not going to just make this whole podcast about that. But... Yeah, we uh, we decided to do this kind of on a little bit of a whim here. And, um, you know, it's not something that we have done before. It's The Week in Geek, which is up all, yeah, every single week on the website. But kind of figured, you know what, do a podcast about it. Let's talk about some things. Let's talk about, in particular, the Mandalorian season finale. But we're going to get into some other things here. We're going to get into the Tom Cruise rant, the latest trademark on Marvel Studios. I'm going to watch the Super Nintendo World Direct video and I'm going to have it muted and get my reaction to that. And talk a little cyberpunk. I, I might rant a little bit about Tenet. Like, you know, it's just sort of, it's what it is. So have some fun here. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. If you do, or if you don't, you know, constructive criticism is great too. Leave a comment below. Tell us your thoughts on that and your thoughts on all the things we talk about here too because I'd love to get everybody else's opinions about these things. We don't talk enough fanboys content and I'm sure that fanboys fans would like to have more fanboys content. I would love to give you more. Again, Patreon. Uh, so <laughs> since we don't normally do this, I'm kind of kind of basically judge it based off of our hot tags that we usually do on Smack Talk, which is to just sort of shoot the shit and talk about some stuff. Uh, I guess we should kind of bury the lead a little bit first. The Mandalorian season finale happened and spoilers, spoiler warning, spoiler warning. We're not going to talk about things as if we uh, are not going to spoil things. We are going to get into this. So skip forward a little bit. If that's the case, you don't want to. We'll timestamp it. Maybe Tony will timestamp it. I don't know. (laughs) If somebody else is, uh, worried about it just skip forward enough and we won't go back and talk about mandalorian afterwards if you skip and you hear us go and then uh bo katan then you go up skip forward a little bit more or something i'll I'll try to remember to timestamp it or somebody else can timestamp it in below um episode was uh the rescue and here's the 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 long and short of it Great episode. IGN gave a perfect 10. And there are there are some issues with it, but predominantly, I walked away from this going, God, man, Star Wars is so good when it's good. <laughs> like, Yeah. We know now right. that the, uh, the Jedi that reached out to Grogu is Luke. Amazing. And... Luke pops up at the end and here's where I'll nitpick a couple things. Um, number one's gotta be the CGI. <laughs> that was bad. That was pretty bad. Well, yeah, but I can give it a pass. Like it was a really, it was a damn near perfect episode. I can forgive a little badly digitally rendered Joker. You know, like I, I could forgive it. I think that maybe they could have gone away with gotten away with this a little bit better if they would have framed it a little bit differently, or maybe I mean I like the idea of Sebastian Stan. 
I think that they should have gone that route. Just cast him and do a slight deep fake uh, switch for the face if you wanted to, even though they look enough alike that I don't think you would need to. But like, we've seen better deep fake content on YouTube. Yeah. I don't know why this was like that difficult for them. This didn't look as good even as Tarkin and Leia from Rogue One a couple years ago. Rogue One had some really good uh, CGI. I know some people are like, that's that was in the Uncounted Valley, but that was better than this one was. The Luke thing, but, you know, it's Luke. It's great that Luke pops up and he does something. I will nitpick two other things about that, though. He should not be wearing the black outfit. That kind of defeated the purpose of the gray tunic on the inside from Return of the Jedi, because he should be wearing more of like the lighter tans and stuff at this point. Right. And I don't think that the action was good when he was doing that. He like the, these super badass dark troopers are literally standing right next to him, not doing anything, but getting slaughtered. That could have been done a lot better. I think they did it for the pop of like, Hey, it's original Luke. You know, like this is exciting. Obviously there's the weird, where does this fit into the timeline stuff? Because we don't see Grogu in any of the sequels. Kind of implies that Kylo Ren kills Grogu. Because he's going to be a part of the Academy and Kylo Ren kills him. So, again, the movies, they just suck. Like, <laughs> it's just... There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Ren. The movies suck. If you gave us The Mandalorian as the first thing out of that, and we didn't see the force awakens people would be like oh my god like this is going on so many levels we got this grand moff gideon uh th- this dude's like the next like he's kind of the replacement of uh kind of a combo of tarkin and uh thrawn and what's going to happen with this baby yoda is grogu going to be the biggest thing in the world and next and then now we're like that nah, doesn't matter because in a couple of years everybody just blows up and whatever. it's like that sucks but it's fantastic the show it is fantastic the show i'm very um, glad that it was luke and not that they created some extra character to be like this one's luke's number two and that woman or that guy is going to be the one that takes them and you know like it needed to be luke it did, and ultimately, like, this was a better love letter to Star Wars than any of the movies, I, except for Rogue One. I enjoyed Rogue One. Rogue One's not all uh, that bad. Yeah, it's like, there's there's flaws in Rogue One, but for the most part, Rogue One's just like, hey, what if we, like, tell the story of what happened beforehand? You're like, all right, cool. Yeah, and, you know, of course, on the other side of it, as... We are, uh, we're on the blue band right now, but the red brand being smart gut moment, you know, Josh Banks, Josh Banks kicks some fucking ass. Still not a big fan of her character, to be honest. How do you feel about her performance though? Still not a big fan of her performance. (laughs) Well, what's, what's not clicking for you? It reads to me as the pro wrestler guest star that is like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to say this line real tough kind of thing. I don't know. I think I think it shows promise. I didn't expect her to get physical. I did not expect a tornado to do 
on Star Wars. See, I I do because when they do that, they go, "Can you incorporate some of your wrestler moves in here?" They did it with like Smallville. They did it with. Uh, I guess we're in that age where a tornado DDT would be like the body slam. Yeah. You know, because like it used to be, I'll do a back body drop and body slam. And <laughs> nah, Sasha Banks did full on Tornado DDT. I enjoyed it. I'm sure she'll be a big part in season three. And if not in season three, she'll be a big part of one of the many series that was uh, revealed last yeah, week. Yeah, we talked about a lot of those. So check back on that podcast if you're interested in our thoughts on that. We know now, though, that it seems at the very least that season three. They're not going to have Grogu, which, you know what, which it sucks. sucks, but at the same time, I'm, I'm okay with it, because really, at this yeah, point, mean, what are they going to do other than continue the same formula? Like, he's protecting Grogu, he goes to a planet, he talks to somebody, they hire him for a gig, he does the job to get to the next thing, Grogu eventually gets kidnapped and he has to go save him. I, I don't think a third season of that would have worked, but now we got where he's the leader effectively of Mandalore with the dark saber and Bo-Katan's going to be like, the fuck I want that. (laughs) Well, of course there, I I know you're not an an emotional person. Well, he's not in this case, but like there was just the car. Well, uh, yeah. Where, (laughs) yeah, like he, takes off the mask and he's touching Din's face and then he hugs his leg and but like Grogu is fucking like the size of I don't know I don't even know what to compare like him a, to we stood a laptop up <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it's just adorable Grogu is so cute and it's even cute the idea that like you can tell how much of a fake puppet it is <laughs> and it's just it's so fake oh my god it's it's so bad sometimes. I was like, this looks like the claymation Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's especially noticeable when they pick up the puppet and the legs don't move or anything. And it's just like, all right, you're holding like a lamp, essentially. But yeah, you gotta love the whole like, he takes the mask off because it's just like, all right, I want the kid to see my face and know who's been watching after him the whole time. Grogu's just like, all right, thanks, buddy. Like, you mean a lot to me. And you're just like, ah, just uh, pet him on the head. Like, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a beautiful, heartbreaking moment. I, I know somebody definitely messaged me that they were crying at 3.45 in the morning. You know, it's... It's an emotional thing. But I'm thinking next season's going to revolve around Boba. Well, they did say the book of Boba Fett, which he kills Bib Fortuna at the end, a little post-credit sequence, and takes over Jabba Hutt's palace, which is like, I didn't know I wanted this until it happened. And I'm like, holy shit, Boba Fett taking over the Hutt uh, crime syndicate. That's not only great as far as like, yeah, of course he might do that, but it's like, hey, they don't even have to say uh, worry so much about like it already ends in two T's. <laughs> it's a Fett and Hut. It's just like, all right, well, there you go. It's the Fett industry now. But that's great. Like, and he's gonna have Fennec Shan next to him, so she's gonna be a good number two. 
Me, uh, Ming-Na is awesome. So definitely totally up for that. I don't know if it's going to be a spinoff or if it's going to be another element of season three. I'm thinking another element of season three because we've seen all the spinoffs they've announced. Yeah, they didn't announce that. But then again, maybe they didn't announce it because they didn't want to spoil it. But then again, like we know that Boba Fett had some issues with Bo-Katan in this episode. And if the next season revolves all around like the leadership of Mandalore, maybe it's going to be like, uh, this Mandalorian's going around and doing all this kind of stuff and making a bad image for us because he's in the crime syndicate. But people think that Boba Fett is Din Djarin. And then you got Bo-Katan's like, give me that sword. <laughs> that kind of thing. It could be kind of like a, yeah. the friends are now the enemies kind of a thing. Because really, at this point, what's Moff Gideon going to do? You know, He's already captured. I think hopefully they take their time building the Book of Boba Fett and season three and they don't worry about trying to create another Grogu. Yeah. Like they don't feel like, all right, we've got to get the Grogu replacement. Like just do whatever you're going to do, do what makes sense to the story and worry about that when it comes. And I did see some people saying, Oh, is this going to be like, we're going to track Luke uh, training Grogu. I don't think that they're going to do that at all. I, I would doubt it. I think Grogu, he will pop back up because they're not stupid. They know they have money. Yeah. You know, but like, he's not going to come back for a while. Maybe mid-season, season three, you'll see Grogu pop Some kind of like, they're doing some kind of a mission somewhere and they cross path with a Jedi and it's Luke and Grogu and whatever. And yeah, like. Yeah. Big fan of that, though. I love how it responds to its name. It's, it's honestly, we all need a Grogu. <laughs> we do. In our lives. I I, I'm in love with the little green thing. I'm sorry. Uh, it's weird that like all this happens during the same week that the original Boba Fett passed away. Jeremy Bullock. Yeah. Damn shame. But, you know, legacy lives on. And he not only did Boba Fett, he was in Doctor Who. He did some stuff in the Bond films as we were discovering. And yeah, damn shame. Any other thoughts you got on a Mandalorian recap? You think that any um, any kind of hints towards the future going in a certain direction you're interested in or whatever? I mean, Book of Boba Fett, great. Luke, great. Minus the CGI and stuff. Uh, Grogu's adorable. Yeah, I would. I would just say. I I'm a little worried for season three because. Like, like I just said, I worry that they're going to think that this show is just a puppet show and they have to create, like, a cute mascot. And the best thing about the series has been the story that they've told and how faithful 
they've been to not only Star Wars lore, but just good writing. But like, sorry, like this highlighted how bad the movies were. And I just hope that they keep this energy in season three. I'm curious what they do to replace his ship. I figured he might get a new ship Mm -hmm. in this episode and it didn't happen. Probably be a big part of like the first or second episodes of season three. How far do you think they are into shooting season three? Hmm. Do you think they've started? Do you think that COVID is going to make season three come out in like 2023 or four? Maybe, you know. But is that okay? Because we have 50 fucking. Right. It might just be the type of thing where they're like, well, we got a lot of things coming out and you'll see this, you'll see that. All the things that carried over from last year will keep you busy. And I mean, they did say Book of Boba Fett coming in December 2021. So they must have enough of that that they feel confident that whatever is happening with that is fine. Is good to go. So either that is season three or that's a spinoff. And if that's a spinoff, then maybe we get that instead of The Mandalorian. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't come across anything about that that specified that. I guess we'll probably find out in the next few weeks. Yeah, we might have to look a little more into that. I just, again, my hat is off to the team behind the show. And I want more Star Wars, which is not something that I would have been saying a few years ago. I really like, I want them so bad to do something on this show where they go like, we figured out time travel and we went back and we switched a bunch of things from what's going to happen in the future with the first order and all that. And look at that. We retconned those movies and now we can do a different story. Be so much better. Yeah. So much. Let's also add a couple quick things here. Um, (laughs) Margaret Robbie said there's no imminent plans for a birds of prey sequel. Good. I wonder well, why. Why? Yeah, why ever? <laughs> Maybe because it be? sucked and uh, <laughs> nobody wants it. Yeah, uh, that's a thing. Uh, DC is going to reduce its publishing for comics. They're going to go less in February and even less in March. Uh, right now, they're doing around fifty different types of things, and they're going to go down to thirty-four in March. So there's the. Maybe the first signs of the rest of the dwindling market for that because people aren't buying comic books and I don't blame them either. You know, print media is Um, not the way that it used to be. And when there have been so many years of people trying to basically stand, you know, what's going to get annoying. They're going to do the fucking vinyl thing where it's like, it'll go. That's totally what it is. For a little bit, and then it's gonna be like, oh my god, we're reviving comic books. That's a hundred percent what and it is. It's it's the video game thing where like they take a feature out of a game just to bring it bring it back a few years down the line and go, isn't this new thing cool that we should have never taken out in the first place? Or to place? show you that we've listened to your feedback and we and we're we're adding that thing that we took out because we wanted that feedback. Yeah, we wanted to show that we're uh, making progress, even though we're taking a step backward to make the step forward, essentially. But yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to be because the thing with the collector type of thing was they started really gouging people 
and they started to use their lifeblood was basically this idea of we're going to release a bunch of variant covers and the people that buy comics in the hope that they'll be worth something are going to buy all the variant covers. So anybody that does that, we're going to get their money six times over. But then regular people aren't buying them because kids don't read comics the way that they used to. People don't read newspapers like they used to. You know, it's not fair, though. Uh, they're telling good stories. Like, I know Three Jokers divides people, but I like Three Jokers. You know? Yeah, but it's just a matter uh, of do it digitally. It's cheaper. It's, people, you know. Do you, do you spend your time reading PDFs? If I had my like, time, I, I'd read more. Would you? I'd be much more willing to read a comic book on a thing like that than to actually hold a physical comic in my hand, yeah. Fair enough. I did a, like, a variation of that is, like, when I would rather spend the time listening to Comics Explained do a video explaining everything where he's, yeah. like, because Comics Explained's great. We talked about him last week, I think, even when we were done with that. It's just, like, this dude's great. Comic Comics Explains is so good. I was watching something earlier from him about Punchline because I don't particularly care for that character i don't want to hate that character but it's obvious to me what that character yeah, is it's just harley replacement so she can turn baby face <laughs> and i but i almost wish like if you're gonna replace harley with a new heel you could have replaced joker and i know joker's irreplaceable but maybe you still could have tried at least but yeah, Comics Explains the type of guy that I would much rather have an hour-long video where he's explaining the Infinity Gauntlet series and saying the his usual tropes of so then what we have here is <laughs> and you know like those kind of things and then what we go to is this and then what we find out is that this happens instead and this person's talking to, and then for me to actually read the story unless I find the story well enough that I'm like, you know what? Cool. I'm going to actually read the dialogue. I'm going to read it, whatever. Cause I want to know the, the gist of it because most it's an oversaturation. Most of the stories aren't all that spectacular, but I'm going to read, you know, I read the killing joke cause it was like, let me read the killing joke. Same thing for me. I bought, um, Arkham. And I was going to say Arkham Asylum, but it's not the name of it. But it's the, uh, it's the Arkham Asylum. The Jeremiah Arkham whole thing. Yeah, the graphic novel. Very good. I, I'm gonna find a name now because I feel dumb. But uh, I bought that in January, so I've almost had that for a year. But very good, very good graphic novel. You know, uh, yeah, Arkham Asylum is serious house on serious earth. Very good. Yeah, and if something's good enough like that that it can really resonate, then I'll take the time to read or whatever. But even then, I'd rather read it digitally because I'm not that type of guy. I know there's plenty of people out there that do it, but I'm not the type of person who's like, it's so much better if I have a book in my hand. Nah, give me the Kindle. I'll read it. You know, it's the same to me. And I'll go a step further. Depending on who does the work, I'll take an audiobook. I, I am pro audiobook, and here's why. You like podcasts? It's the same <laughs> shit. If they, if somebody tells the story right, and to that effect, I've been very into uh, audio dramas 
podcast wise i sent you the power rangers one like i'm very into that now passive content is very good in this time frame i'm not big on audio stuff like that as much as i am where i'd rather watch like a breakdown on youtube or so but my ideal for a lot of these things is animated like if you can give me the animated cartoon version of a particular story I'm going to like that the best, most likely. Oh, they're doing Long Halloween next year. Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, sweet. I don't have that down on my list. When's that coming out? That is coming out in, I believe, around summertime. Nice. So let me look, because Needle Mouse Productions put out a video in the last week or so about the animated movies coming out in 2021. And there's actually a Batman movie coming out like batman soul of the dragon is coming out in january yeah that's uh I, I think i have that down that's the one that's like all 70s vibe and it's like a bronze tiger and richard dragon yeah and all that that looks like it could be kind of fun yeah and long halloween is also coming and i they don't have a date yet but i am very very excited for that uh we watched man of tomorrow on this very youtube channel did a uh, fan track for it not fan track but like a review and it was great i love dc's animated movies they i'm not as excited for the robert pattinson batman just because i've grown so accustomed to the animated stuff. i'm like in my head thinking to his face <laughs> yeah I've not grown accustomed to Pattinson's face. I don't think I've seen him in a movie since I saw the original Twilight in theaters, and that was 12 years ago. I recently saw him in a movie. I watched Tenet. (laughs) (laughs) And I have given it a lot of thought, and I had thought about doing a review point, and I actually actually thought about doing a review point in like reverse <laughs> and do this whole type of thing. And I'm like, that's a lot of fucking work. And so I was just like, nah, I think I'll talk about it on this show a little bit. I will not spoil tenant. So don't worry about it. Everybody. Um, well, I will spoil how it? I feel about it. So I had messaged Rob when I was watching it. I got 30 made 38 minutes in and I wrote down, these are some notes that I wrote down. Uh, Here's this isn't a spoiler, so don't worry, everybody. I wrote down starting off with something in reverse music, I think I know where they're going. So, the very opening of the movie, just like the titles of like the you know Warner Brothers and whatever, I'm like, uh, I see where you're going here, okay. And then the next note that I have is 38, 38 minutes in, I have no fucking idea what is going on. Every conversation is a constant stream of random-ass information. None of it makes any sense. It doesn't help that the music is super energetic all the time, even when they're just talking, which makes this feel exhausting. There's no moments of just quiet reflection to really listen to this information. Take a moment, process it, and move on. It's genuinely frustrating, as I'm just feeling like I'm an idiot, or that this movie is stuck up its own ass. <laughs> And then I wrote a whole big long thing that I'm not going to read because uh, this was like spoiler type of stuff where it's like uh, getting into a lot of things. But the movie has a lot of dull and wooden acting in it where people are just saying lines 
And that's because the lines are very much like we need to just get this exposition out of the way. So when you've got... So we can blow shit up. Well, it's not even really like all that action-y in that sense. Like they've got a couple cool sequences where like, and it's like, oh, I get like the symbolism behind it. It's like they go bungee jumping, but they jump upward. It's like, ah, because it's not the way that you bungee jump. And like, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. But like, it gets me the feel of like, this is another one of like, if he were to make a Bond movie, but at the same time, he just wants to tell the story of, isn't editing fun? Because the whole movie is just editing. I had said something to you, and I forgot what it was, because we talked about this when you first saw it, where I said, that's the culture. It's, it's look at me, I'm so meta. Look at me, I'm so thought-provoking. Like, it, it's very... It, that is the job of the creators of the day. They need to make themselves feel as though they are on the level of legitimate... Hall of Fame creators of Days Gone By. And I'm not saying Nolan isn't. Uh, he's done some absolutely amazing stuff. That's why I watched something like Tenet, because I was like, I think it might have been my number one movie that I had written down, or maybe it was like number two or so for like the six flicks picks for the year, because I was like, man, I can't wait to see Tenet. Like, Inception is so good, and I love what he did with Batman Begins, and I liked Memento. And like, the Prestige is a good movie. I didn't really love Insomnia. But, you know, whatever. I didn't like Dunkirk. I wasn't too big on Interstellar. So it's gotten to that kind of thing where he has now crossed over into Tarantino mode for me. Wait, Inter- Interstellar? Hold on. Was that McConaughey? Yeah. Murph, don't let me leave, Holy Murph. Fuck. Holy fucking shit. That movie was a trip <laughs> and a half. But this is like full-blown oh. Quentin Tarantino for me, where Tarantino, I was like, oh my God, Reservoir Dogs is such a fun movie, and I love it, and it's one of my favorites of all time. Pulp Fiction, oh my God, it's one of my favorites of all time. It's even better than Reservoir Dogs. And then I start watching some of the other things, and I'm like, all right, Kill Bill's pretty good. Like, you know, it's not as, Kill Bill's not as good as the other ones, but I've seen both of them a, a couple of times. I own them. You know, it's like the type of thing where, yeah, I like Kill Bill 1 and 2. Nowhere near as much as Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, but I like them. They're good, good movies. Gotta say, I'm not a big fan of Inglorious Bastards, and I probably should watch it. How'd you like once? What's that? How'd you like once upon a Did time? Did not. Why? The whole movie is just, lol, this is like the 60s. And you're like, yeah, but what's the story? And he's like, I mean, it, wouldn't it be fun if we kind of show DiCaprio being like a 60s movie star? And you go, yeah, but what does he do? All and right. then you go, he, he acts right. like a 60s but movie star. But in fairness, is that, again, not portions of today's culture where it's like, okay, this, but the aesthetic of the 90s. Yeah. Look, look at the VHS filter. Okay, this, but the aesthetic of the 80s. Look at the synthwave. It's like, I get it. I love all of that. Don't get me wrong. I'm a junkie for that stuff. But I'm also like, I like that stuff because I like the culture it's rooted in. And I like the stories that come out of that culture. I don't just want to be like, I want to make it look like it's the 90s, but not be, not be as deep or good. 
Yeah, to me, if you slap a filter on something, it doesn't make it better. It can make it more interesting, but it doesn't make it good by default. That's why the whole thing with the X-Men movies, where they're like, well, this one will be in the 60s, that one will be in the 70s, this one will be in the 80s, this one will be in the 90s. And you're like, so why are they not aging if 40 years went by and Professor Xavier looks pretty much exactly the same? Uh, Well, because we wanted them to make a joke about CDs in the 90s. Well, why? Because isn't that funny? Well, it'd be funny if the movie was about how they went back to the 90s. Uh, well, we don't want them to do that. We want them to just be in the 90s. Okay, well then, who fucking cares? Like, you know, it's kind of like, I, you know, like, I definitely that's why Days of Future Past is better, that. is because Wolverine is going back in time, and not only is it just a better structured movie, but it's like, the jokes of the time are because he has the reference point. Not because it's just like, oh, that's a reference. I get it. Then you're getting into like epic movie territory where it's just like, there's Carmen Electra. It's just, don't, don't you want to laugh because Carmen Electra is there? Or, and it's just meta. It's just like, look, this is the thing. We're going to do the thing. They, they, they've literally been doing like the say the line in certain elements of media where it's just like, you're here for this thing and we're going to give it to you and that's yeah. it. And if you're going into Tenet expecting it to be a great movie, it's not, to be perfectly honest. If you're going into it wondering how somebody can tell a story in an interesting way, then then there's merit to it. Because if you don't know what Tenet is, Tenet is a movie about time travel in a way. Not fully in a way, but it's that's what it revolves around. Kind of like how Inception is about dreams. So if you've seen Inception, it's the idea of, well, you don't know what's dream and what's not. And in this, it's like, well, you're messing around with time. And the way that he tells certain things and the way that he kind of goes about doing some plot elements is pretty good and it's pretty smart. And he he very clearly mapped a lot of things out where he had like a whiteboard and then like a, you know, this draws into there and this loops back to that. And this color means that, and this color means this, whatever. But like at the end of the day, I'm like, Oh, it's the same story we've heard a thousand times. He just happened to edit the story differently. So that's it. Just like how, did you ever see Dunkirk? No. Dunkirk is what essentially can be boiled down to, there's an attack and people either survive or they don't. And if you were to put that movie linearly, that movie just seems bland. Yeah. The way you described it. Yeah. It's memento. Same thing. If you tell a story of memento in the order of how it's told and you just say like guy has memory issues and he's hunting down somebody who he, thinks is maybe the guy that killed his wife and he keeps forgetting and you just go, okay, well then when you watch the movie and you go, okay, so he just turned around and said, Hey, did I just talk to you? And you were like, that's not fucking fun. You know, the fun parts, the editing, but he just got a little too obsessed with the editing in this one and didn't bother to write a better movie. Cause there's characters that literally tell you, don't think about it. Just go along with it. And you're like, that's lazy. You're just telling people at the 30 minute mark, 
look, it's confusing. I get it, but I want to tell my story this way. Can you just fucking give me a pass? You shouldn't do that. Did you like Hardcore Henry? Didn't see it. Not surprised. It was on my list of things but, to see, but that was one of those times where I just like nobody felt like seeing it. I didn't feel like going to the movies on my own, and then I just didn't bother watching it on like VOD. Check out the podcast we did last week for a full discussion on movies and movie theaters and movie culture. But that to me, like that struck me as the type of movie that seemed like it was okay, we'll do found footage, but we'll kind of make it as if it's like the first person point of view of a video game. And that could be fun. But I had a feeling that probably that movie afterward you go, all right, that was kind of fun what they did with it, but the story sucked. At the end of the day, however you frame a story for me, I'm still going to tell you whether or not the story sucked because that's the most important thing. Yeah, and I agree with that completely. And I think it's almost a lost art is telling the story because I think people think the idea of a story is good. And if I tell you the plot and if it's got the right bullet points then you know i've done my job but the story has to be good i haven't seen tenet yet maybe i'll watch it and completely disagree (laughs) with tony who knows tenet Um, reads to me as the pitch was i'll tell this complicated time travel type thing with confusing editing and at the end of the movie you you understand what happens in the movie like it's not that it's too complicated to understand so you walk away going, oh, this is over my head and I'm an idiot. It's just the way that they tell it is confusing up until like the halfway point of the movie. And then you go, okay, so that's the that's why they did the one thing is because it's, you know, it's the problem is, is if you're telling a story of a mystery and the way that you make it a mystery is you just don't tell people anything. That's the problem. Kind of like Star Wars. Like... The issue wasn't who's Ray's parents. The issue was they introduced who's Ray's parents with nothing in mind. And then they went, you care? Her parents are nobody. And then you went, well, then why'd you make a big deal about it? And then they went, Duh, just to get you to think about it. No, you didn't. You you just had nothing in mind. And you thought that'd be interesting. you know. Whereas Mission Impossible 3... J.J. Abrams, same director as Force Awakens, he creates the rabbit's foot as the MacGuffin of the movie, and you really don't need to know what the rabbit's foot is. You just need to know that they're going after it. They don't need a set of the movie where they go, oh, this is a device that can trigger this kind of it. You just go, did he get the rabbit's foot? No, okay, well then we're running to go chase the guy. That's done well. Star Wars was done bad. And Tenet was sort of I'll show you a clip of something completely out of context. And 45 minutes later, you'll go, oh, yeah. (laughs) That kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I'm the way you presented it. I'm very interested because you make it seem like you might like it, but it's also just not the best formed story. So I personally probably won't. But when I think about 
things with polarizing reviews, that leads me to Cyberpunk. <laughs> Just and a video game portion. Cyber- oh, one of the video game things of this episode. Cyberpunk and its review story, it's a fucking mess. So IGN gave Cyberpunk on the PC a 9 out of 10. And from everything I've heard out of people who play it on PC, I've been told it's great. And it's actually really fun. Yes, there are some bugs with certain elements of the game and the in-game economy, but it's a really fun game. I guess that's not entirely the case (laughs) as Sony, which doesn't do this at all, has started giving out refunds for those who purchased Cyberpunk on their store and have removed it from their store altogether. And apparently it's unplayable on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. PS5 is better, but I guess not enough because they took it off of the store. I I don't know how to feel about this game. I know it was in development for seven years. I wanted it on release day, but I got cold feet because of this. And I waited, and now I'm glad I did. But I'm also now worried that I may never get a chance to play it because it might just be dead. Maybe by the time I decide. Maybe the whole it. point of the name is that the movie's finally going to be, or the game's finally going to be completed in 2077. <laughs> it might be. I mean, what do we got? 57 <laughs> years. We'll be here in 57 years, I think, right, Tony? Sure. Yeah, the world doesn't explode. You'll, you'll be you'll be 90. <laughs> like, like. Here's something that I thought was really funny because I'm not a gamer at all. The last play, uh, the uh, the last console that I owned was a PlayStation 2. So that goes to show you Smart how, players. you know, whatever. And I owned like five games for it because I just kept renting games and beating them. And then, you know, my heyday is Nintendo and Super Nintendo by far and N64. And that's, to me, if you look at anything in the world of gaming, you'll see... The console war days of like the Super Nintendo and the Genesis, probably the peak time of gaming. So they put up a statement and I thought that this was fun. This is why I thought I was like, we we should talk about this. This is what they say from the CD project uh, statement. Following our discussion with PlayStation, a decision was made to temporarily suspend digital distribution of Cyberpunk 2077 on PlayStation Store You can still buy physical versions of the game in brick and mortar stores and online. All purchased digital and physical copies of the game will continue to receive support and updates as we continue to improve your experience. Perfectly fine so far, right? According to our knowledge, starting today, everyone who is not willing to wait for updates and wants to refund their digital copy of the game can do so by submitting a request at whatever. We're working hard to bring the game back to PlayStation Store as soon as possible. I was like, what a kind of like throwing some shade out there kind of thing out there. Everyone who is not willing to wait for updates, like as if the problem is you ungrateful fuckers aren't just buying our game and waiting and one of the comments that has well, almost sixteen or sixteen point nine thousand likes right now is somebody that took the same thing and they replaced the text of "Thanks for your money." Actual game coming next year. <laughs> you know, but that could be it. I'm gonna say this though: 
One of the biggest things I hate about modern gaming culture is the reliance on updates. It's so ridiculous. I would not be able to handle that well. If I were a gamer, I would be furious because you should not put something out there if you need... It's one thing if, like, when you start the game, they need to do, like, okay, you need to update the patch when before you get started because this happened after distribution. But you should not be like... Right all right, it's game day. We just bought the game and we installed the game for like two hours or whatever it is. And we did the patch and whatever. And yeah, it's still not working right. No, fuck you. Do your product. It's just a service. Like fix the problems before you release something. And if you can't release it in time, then you need to know for future projects that you need to give yourself a better time frame and if you can't do that do something to compensate for it lower the price give people something extra apologize (laughs) you know like because didn't they delay this before that it was delayed many 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 so what made them think that this was good enough now if this is so horrendously bad because they because they had to they had to get it out there. I think, to me, the the fact that the PC game does so well makes me go, okay, you're relying too heavily on updates. And, yeah, is their message a little fucking shitty and condescending? Yeah, but I'm not going to lie. It's honest. It's an honest tone of what they're saying. Like... Well, here, if you don't want to wait for us to try to fix the game, here you go. I wish, you know, I play the WWE games. I wish that 2K was like, hey, we fucked up. Here's your money back. They didn't give their money back. They should have. But at least these guys are willing to be like, well, fine, fuckers. If you don't, if you want to miss out on the coolest game ever, we've got Keanu Reeves. (laughs) And we're going to fix it. Like... It's broken right now, but we'll fix it. I And I think they will. I think if they stick with it, which is the key, if they stick with it and don't just belly up, then in a year from now, or maybe even sooner, six months, they'll have worked out all the kinks and it'll be great. That's a stupid side effect of modern gaming, and I hate it, but it is what it is. To me, it's just one of those things where they just killed themselves with this because now everybody's just like, Oh, screw that game. And if they fix all the issues, less and less people are going to be willing to give it a shot. Yeah, but I, I it's going to depend on how good the game is. Cause maybe people will come back to it. One of the, one of the things I like about um, buying digital is always having it in the library and not, being totally tempted to just return it to GameStop. Although in this case, since so many people were offering refunds, most people probably will just return it. My thing is, if everybody drops off, they're not going to be motivated to fix yeah. the game. And they're just going to let it That's die. what they'll do. They'll do the bare... Like, I mean, every company wants to do as little work as possible to get the most money. Every person in the world wants to do that. But you can't do something like put a game out there that doesn't work. And then get mad at people for being upset that they bought something that's not what it is. You know, I wouldn't be happy if I went to a a movie, for instance, even just a, a movie. And they said the movie is two and a half hours long 
and here's a trailer that promotes the movie and all the scenes in the trailer are not in the movie and the movie's 30 minutes long i'd be like well that's just false advertising and i wouldn't and i don't like it when you see uh you know wendy's advertises i don't my voice crack there wendy's uh advertises like this is our new beef whatever something kind of burger and doesn't this look great and you go yeah i know when i get it it's not going to be good though it's not going to look as uh, wendy's is better than the other ones but like it's not going to look like that so i don't go into grabbing a burger from wendy's thinking that it's gonna look and taste the way that it looks like it's going to taste on the commercial and i think that there's something about gaming that like me being an outsider it registers differently to me. I absolutely hate when I see gaming commercials and I can tell that not a single thing has anything to do with the gameplay. I'm like, you're just showing me cinematics. You, all you did was go and spend money on animation. That doesn't have anything to do with the game. You don't get enticed by like the story element of it? Maybe, but if you don't show me the game, I just assume you're not showing me the game because the game itself is not fun. And if I wanted to watch an animated story, I mean, I love, you know, certain animated movies and I've watched, like, I've only played a little bit of the Arkham games. And to be perfectly honest, I have more fun watching a playthrough of the Arkham games than I had playing the game from a little bit. Um, This summer, I got real into watching long plays of games. And it doesn't work for everything. I mean, you can't watch somebody play Tetris for hours. You know? <laughs> right. But like when I got into like this deep dive of games from my childhood that I never owned and like I'm too lazy to go back and like try to find and play now, that is such a good way to watch the story of a game play yeah. out. Like I've got it bookmarked uh, to watch the Spider-Man Miles Morales because I don't have the console, I'm not going to play the game. I'm not going to buy a console, then buy the game just to do it. But if the story's cool and whatever, I'm going to watch somebody else play it. And I know that I would probably have more fun if I did have the time to play the game and go through it myself, the way that I used to go through, you know, Donkey Kong Country or whatever. But like, to me, that's because I'm not buying the game. I'm watching it on YouTube for free. If I spent 60 bucks to play a game and all you're doing is you're giving me cool cinematics then i'm pissed you know yeah and i get that and like for you it makes total sense to just focus on long plays like for me i wouldn't do a long play of miles morales because i want to actually get that game and, and right live that experience yeah if i had a console and i had the time to play i'd be more willing to just be like, no, let me just play the game. Yeah. The right. last game that I played actually all the way through was uh, Lego Batman. <laughs> Lego Batman games I played are good. that with Caroline because she has uh, an Xbox and uh, 360, I think is what it is. And they're very, very good games. I have like on my computer alone, I think I have like 13 games revolving around the, the Dark Knight. And mm-hmm. yeah, Batman games are very good. I just thought it was funny that this, like, for those of you who aren't willing to wait for us to do this, whatever, it's like, you shouldn't have released it if it wasn't done. That's not their fault see, that they're mad that you 
you know, would you like to buy, uh, you go to Red Rob and I'm going to use a burger uh, method again because I'm really feeling like eating a burger right now. Like you, you go to Red Rob and you're like, uh, hey, I'd like to have the Whiskey River barbecue burger with uh, fries. And can you put uh, an extra slice of cheese on that? And they go, yeah, okay. And then they bring out a plate and it's got the bun and a napkin. And you go, well, where's the other thing? And they go, oh, well, it's coming later. <laughs> and then you go, oh, now you gave me the fries. Where's the burger? Oh, that's DLC. You have to get <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of. Yeah. Um, so they're calling cyberpunk the poochie of, <laughs> of video games because in it's like, you know, user disclaimer, terms of terms and agreements and all that. It was kind of just like very poochy and like that. I'm gonna say all these cool hip words now, and we're gonna. And then it's I gotta go. My plan, <laughs> my planet needs me. Oh, Poochie died on the way home <laughs> to its planet. Uh, uh. So that's the thing. There's the gaming side of things. Uh, here's a trademark. Marvel Studios Nomad. Don't know what it's gonna oh, be yet. If it's going to be a you know a TV series on Disney Plus, or if they're going to try to make a movie out of this, but Nomad is the name that Captain America used in the I think it was the eighties, might have been the seventies, right? Because he like it's is it Vietnam that he's like I can't support this flag anymore. That sounds like Vietnam. Yeah, I think because it, it was it was the Nixon thing. I'm pretty sure. So, um, that would be awesome. So, I mean, Nomad I, is Nomad. Like, they're not going to go with the name Nomad and not have it be at least somewhat related to Captain America. But we don't know if that means that it's going to be Steve Rogers or if they're going to do some kind of other thing. Because there are more than one people that use the name Nomad. There's Jack Monroe is one. Uh, Steve's got a kid named Ian Rogers. There's Ricky Barnes. I don't know Ricky Barnes. Is that like a Bucky's kid. Let's see. Rebecca Ricky Barnes. She was established a counter earth incarnation of Bucky crossed over to six one six operated as nomad. So here's what I'm thinking. Falcon and the winter soldier is going to spin off a lot of stuff. I got this real good feeling now, even more so after we watched like the one division and everything a couple of years ago, they said that, their focus was going to be to split the MCU into the cosmic and the ground level type stuff. Right. WandaVision, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Spider-Man, which now is going to have Dane DeHaan potentially and Willem Dafoe and pretty much everybody except for Tova Grace. Um, okay. First of all, poor Tova <laughs> Grace. And second of all, uh, that that thing that we talked about from the Mandalorian kind of looked like Topher Grace. Just 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 saying. The thing. That that uh. The CGI uh, that, of yeah. <laughs> kind of. Like I forgot Topher that we weren't doing spoilers <laughs> past that point. <laughs> uh, uh yeah. Yeah the uh. The thing I'm thinking with this is that we get Black Widow helps set up the Thunderbolts. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier really sets up the rest of it where it's just like, all right, you know, uh, Ross is in the mix and 
this person's uh, crossover, U.S. agent. I, I think it's going to be a part of that. I think that they're going to give that name of Nomad to Bucky. And that's going to be like a Bucky story. I'd like it to just be a one shot about, you know, pissed off Steve Rogers in the 60s. Or Here's the other thing where I'm like, this would be pretty sweet if they did this. We never got any kind of clarification about what the hell it means for Steve to have gone back in time and to done all that kind of stuff. Because it, if you think about it, it shouldn't work that way. It's kind of like he shouldn't have been able to go back and be in the past. And if he was, then why wouldn't he have stopped things like 9-11 and, you know, whatever. So I'm thinking maybe there's a chance that with the Nomad name, they go with this idea of Steve actually was doing shit back then. He was just doing it undercover. He wasn't being Captain America. He was doing things like, you know, fighting uh different Hydra cells or whatever. And he's nomad throughout the years, but there's been no indication at all that Chris Evans wants to return as Captain America and do all that. So that's why I'm thinking like spinoff Bucky do something like that. Do you think that these people like Chris Evans or Hemsworth are less um, scared about becoming typecast you think that they're more like fuck it yeah if you're gonna give me all this money i'll be captain america till the day till the day i die i think they're a lot less scared about it now than they were 10 years ago for sure because like we we joke a lot on this podcast and just in life about toby mcguire because i love those movies and his whole thing was i don't want to be spider-man forever and then you're like fine you'll be nothing afterward <laughs> <laughs> yeah the poor guy you know but I think listen if you could tell me you can keep milking this gravy train yes sir it's weird because people do that with TV shows Mariska Hargitay has been uh, Olivia Benson on Law and Order for like 30 years or like uh, how how fucking long is Grey's Anatomy been going God knows. On now. Like, I was a child when that show started. I'm rounding the corner rather quick to 30. You know, it's not always a bad thing if you get wrapped up in a sweet gig. I know that if I were like Tom Holland and I were Spider Man, which now there's a rumor that they've signed a deal for three more movies, which is fantastic. So that would get into like his college years. But if I could be Spider-Man and like do the kind of things that they, you know, they go to a hospital and it's like, Hey, Spider-Man's here to visit the kids or whatever. I'd be like, I, I want to do this forever. You know, just like be amazing. And I, I just hope that, you know, whoever comes into these roles does appreciate that because I don't know, like it, it always, kind of pissed me off even when I was younger to hear you know uh, Toby and then her name is was it Kirsten Dunst Kirsten Dunst yeah being like really you want a Spider-Man 4 and meanwhile fast forward 12 years and 
look at all the fucking movies we have in the MCU and you're worried about yeah. Spider-Man 4. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, enjoy the ride because you're a part of something really special. Yeah, I think that that is something to look forward to, whatever it is, because it's Marvel, so, I mean, Nomad. It's always it's always something to look forward to. Especially if you tell me that Chris Evans is involved. Yeah, I like that guy more and more as time goes on. He just seems like he's a nice dude, you know? Another movie related thing here, uh, Tom Cruise. So, oh my! I I wow. read Tom Cruise goes on a rant, and I went, oh Jesus! And I clicked on the thing, and I listened to it, and I went, fuck yeah! Like, <laughs> all right, Tom Cruise. So if you didn't follow the story, Tom Cruise, they're filming the new Mission Impossible movies. They're doing them back to back, seven and eight, and they're filming seven, I think, still. And he went on this rant about people that are not respecting the guidelines that they put out for making things easier for COVID. And he's just like, this isn't even that much of an exaggeration. He's just like, motherfucker, you are going to cost us from being uh, being able to do this job and continue filming this movie. And all these people are depending on it. And it's because of you assholes for not doing the right things that you're going to screw it up for everybody. And what are you going to tell the people that can't provide for their families because they don't have this job as, you know, this movie's going on and that pays for their bills and whatever and knock it off. And if you do it again, you're fired. And I'm like, good job. And he's literally, and he's literally like, and Hollywood is looking at us to see if they can do this because our fucking industry is at a standstill. And you know, and if I see you do it again, he's fired too. So you like, and I was just like, yes, because I had the same reaction you did. I saw Tom Cruise rant, and I went, fuck. And then I listened to it, and it's just like, hell yes. Yeah, Tom Cruise fucking gets it. And I, I want more people to be like Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's so weird to say that, isn't it? Like, which is terrible. Like, listen, Tom, the Scientology thing, we can talk about it later. But this, because maybe it's because you understand science. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because you've just given your life to science. <laughs> but, Tom, this is beautiful. Thank you for this. Because I want to do this to people in the real world. I want to do this to people in my own life who want to go but i want a new year's party it's like i don't know three thousand people are dying a day (laughs) so here's like thank you here's part of uh like the transcript or something for some reason i can't find any that's like a full-on transcript um he's here's a section of it at the very least we're the gold standard. They're back here, back there in Hollywood making movies right now because of us, Pe- uh, because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every fucking studio at night, insurance companies, producers, and they're looking at us and asking us to make their movies. 
We are creating thousands of jobs, you motherfuckers. I don't ever want to see it again, ever. And if you do it, you're fired. If I see you do it again, you're fucking gone. And anyone on this crew does it, that's it. And you too, and you too, and you. I wish I could see who he's pointing at. <laughs> if you ever do it again, that's it. No apologies. You can tell it to the people who are losing their fucking homes because of our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night. The future of this fucking industry. So I'm sorry, but I'm beyond your apologies. I have told you now, and I want it. And if you don't do it, you're out. We're not shutting down this fucking movie. Is it understood? If I see it again, you're fucking gone, and so are you. So you are going to cost him his job. I really want to know who he's pointing at. <laughs> if I see it on the set, you're gone, and you're gone. That's it. Am I clear? Do you understand what I want? Do you understand the responsibility that you have? Because I will deal with your reason, and if you can't be reasonable, and if I can't deal with your logic, you're fired. That's it. That is it. I trust you guys to be here. That's it. That's it, guys. And it's like... Yeah. Fuck but yeah, yes. Tom Cruise. Like, you know? Yeah. What he said, show me the money. Yeah. That is it. That is the money. Tom Cruise is the fucking man. Like, and it's weird. Again, just didn't think I'd be saying that, but yes. And he's, he points out about like uh, the stick and the meters because it's uh, there's part of it's like people aren't respecting the whole uh, the distance side of things and it's like that's like some people just don't get it with this whole thing they're just kind of like yeah but it doesn't apply to me and it's like yes it does it there's nothing that just goes oh well sheila it's her birthday so it's not gonna do anything for that it's like it's a virus it's the same as when you say like i can drive drunk because whatever it's like no that's not a good idea i would I live right around the corner. I can turn the corner and turn the corner. Well, you hit someone. You hit How many him. times do you see like, on the news where it's like, hey, it's a hurricane and people go, yeah, I'm not leaving. And then you go, oh, they lost her house. And it's like, yeah, because the hurricane went, all right, fuck you, Bill. <laughs> like, you know, kind of like... I was surprised at that, though. I was like, I'm expecting to hear that he went on some kind of like rant about anti-math. Like, yeah, like the, the total opposite, where it would have been like, why are you people not filming this the way that I want a, you to film it? I don't care about this COVID nonsense, whatever. Like, I was expecting that to be the case. And instead, he's just kind of like, hey, stop being a child and listen to the fucking rules. And I'm like, yeah, all right, Maverick. Like, <laughs> they'll jump off a building or something. <laughs> <Kinda> like, <laughs> Tom Cruise, man, win some points. Hell yeah. Second to last story to talk about here uh, is another thing based off of that with the movies. Um, The movies uh, obviously took a major hit this year and Warner Brothers was like shrug HBO Max and everybody was like no and now they're going back and forth about that. Well the newest thing is since movie theaters and chains and exhibitors and all that are not happy at all about all these things that are going to be happening in the next year with, you know, the matrix four is going to come out on HBO max the same day that it comes out. And that's a big, big movie. And same thing for uh, suicide squad and for, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They're currently thinking about slashing prices for wonder woman tickets to even maybe $3. <laughs> so, 
That's next week. Yeah, it's Christmas. What happens if the death count is up to 3,500 a day and you just ain't getting people into theaters? Like, I know what they're trying to do. They're taking the hit for this because they want to screw Warner Brothers, essentially. But I, I just really feel like stop being you know a child and i've i've gotten into conversations with friends recently about how like maybe i'm not being completely sensitive towards how badly businesses are being affected i call bullshit i am very sensitive to how badly businesses are affected if you go back into our other brand smart out moment in march you will listen to tony and i very yeah, concerned talking about the possibility of us not knowing what we're going to do. Now, granted, that didn't work out that way for us, but yes, a lot of people haven't had their businesses be as flourishing as they would like. But at the same time, it's still a pandemic. And I'm sorry, but if people need to watch Wonder Woman 1984 at home, let them do that so that we can all get back out to the movies. Because as we discussed at length last week, I think that people are going to flock to theaters mm. and they'll watch anything they'll watch drivel. just to be back outside. <laughs> you can put shitty old movies that people know suck. You can put a documentary on running water. People will be like, yeah, did you check out uh, <laughs> you know, the new H2O thing <laughs> or something? Like... Did you? Because did you see the part where the water ran? Wasn't it awesome in the theater? Yep. Just let this happen. And hey, if society decides that, you know, they would rather sit in the comfort of their own home, then they're going to do that regardless. Uh, It's not going to matter how much you slash the price. See, I think that this is a long play type of thing, though. I think that this is AMC and such thinking we're kind of fucked. Like if we're lucky enough with these vaccines that everything staves off and things go back to normal for summer and everything can be released, then less people are going to go to the movies than they would have the year before. Cause people are still going to be scared. Like there's going to be people that never go to the movies again ever just because of this. It's not going to be a big amount, but it's, there's some people are, you know, and some people are going to wait until 2023 or 2024 to go to the movie again. You know, it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of like, okay, now I feel more comfortable doing this and feeling that people are going to start doing the things that they have to do before the things that they want to do. Unless you're completely, you know, I'll just do what I want. And I don't fucking care. Kind of a thing, which you're doing that anyway. So you don't even factor in, but somebody like myself, like I, really want to go to the movies again. I miss it. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I miss eating popcorn at the movies and I miss having that theater experience and hearing other people laugh at the jokes and whatever. But I'm not going until I feel comfortable. And it doesn't matter how many of my friends go, oh, you got to fucking deal with it at some point. Like, no, you got to deal with me not coming out. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like AMC or whoever the exhibitors are that try to do this, I think that this is their way of saying to Warner Brothers, you can't do this HBO Max thing all of next year. You need to 
give us the break that when things can go back to normal, we need people to flock to the movies and you can't give them an alternative. Maybe in the hopes that at the very least they can stop them from saying that it's going to be all of next year for HBO Max. I think that that's reasonable, but Disney's doing it too. Pixar's releasing Soul. You can't control everything. If it's going this way, it's going this way. If you try to fight it, you're going to look like the sore loser. Just say, hey, let's let's get through this and we'll worry about that bridge when we cross it. So the last thing to do, I'm going to check out this Super Nintendo World Direct thing. Have you seen this already? I, I watched it when it aired. So I skipped forward to the video. Uh, I don't know if you want to have it up at the same time or not. Um, oh no, I, I will actually. So I'll what, give you the you tell give me you the link uh, of it right now. So I I'm on for anybody that uh, wants to kind of follow along and do a little mini fan tracks sort of thing here. So <laughs> uh, I am on the Super Nintendo World Direct 12 18 2020 uh, video on. The um, Nintendo YouTube channel on twenty nine forty one, where it's just the tube. Looks like it's a Mario tube. If it's not a tube, then I'm wrong. But it's absolutely. Yeah, I figured it, it pretty much had to be. If it was like a, uh, I don't know, Kirby pops out of that, then it'd be kind of strange. All right, twenty nine forty one is that I'm what I'm at. All right, so I'm going to hit play in three, two, one, play. And mine froze. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Since I had that waited to. All right, now I'm at 342. All right, Miyamoto's out. Okay, hello, everyone. There we go. I'm Mario's dad. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah. So I have this muted. I'm not going to listen to it. It's subtitled anyway, so I don't think I needed to. He did say Yahoo. Uh, he did? Yeah. That's so fantastic. is this He's is great. this the entrance of the park? Correct. That's pretty cool. You go in through a little warp tube. Okay, the giant pipe over there is the entrance. Cool. Okay, here we go. <laughs> ah, all right. I like that. It's got a little like uh, kind of hyperspace kind of vibe to the tube. I hate, I would go to Japan for this. I know it's coming to Florida, but I still trust Japanese people more than I trust Floridians. <laughs> Florida man stuck in tube. <laughs> curious what other designs they would have gone with. This seems like the most obvious basic thing that they would have done. I, I would have done that. This looks like a... the inside of the Super Mario 64 castle. Yeah, this looks a lot like that. Oh, yes. Because they even had the the Bob-omb uh, painting. That's the first yeah. stage in Mario. I love Bob-omb, by the way. That's one of my favorite things about Mario. So cute. That's a great name, too. Bob-omb, Shy Guy. So they're, they're going to be playing awesome. music throughout the thing. They, they should, obviously, because why wouldn't they? That... I don't like that they put baby Bowser in there mm-hmm. instead of like regular Bowser, but okay. <gasps> so let's see what we got. Oh, my heart. 
Uh, this looks pretty dope. Uh, you got uh, there's like so many things to look at in this. So you, the I wonder what the coins are that are spinning around. Are they just like uh, they're probably just like little like windmill type things? Yeah, you got like the Goombas all over the place. The stacked Goombas. This is That's amazing. so cool. Like, look at Yoshi just power walking <laughs> down the fucking tree. <laughs> You got the piranha plants, you got the thwomps on there. Oh my god, I would love this so much as a kid. Now this is supposed to have I other like other parks that are Donkey Kong and Kirby and all that stuff too, right? Yeah, they're supposed to have like Smash Bros. and stuff like that. The block activity. Do you remember if you have one of these power up band? What is this power up in? Search for secret hidden around the park. Dude, that'd be so fucking fun as a kid. Oh man, I want to be like eight and do this. <laughs> It'll record what you do, QR codes on the band. God, this seems so much like so cool. And okay, you link it with your smartphone. That say they should do these kind of things. That's what the whole point is. The amusement parks are for like fun. Okay, cool. What do we get? Punch it with my hand. Do you hear the coin sound? I have it muted, so I didn't hear that. Check the smartphone. Hey, you got a coin. <laughs> That's awesome. If I were a I kid want... going around doing this, I'd be like, I need to get all the things. Look, and they and they even bothered to give you different power-up bands. I'd probably grab like a Luigi one or Toad. No, Toad's better. Toad's the man. Ah, bu -bu 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 -bu. So they got like, I mean, there's so much stuff that's like going on in the background alone. You could just like sit there and just look at everything for a while. They could do something with the piranha plant. Oh, he's not going to show it. Oh. oh, shit. It's going to fucking attack us. Do they? Oh, I wonder if they have the chain uh, things. Oh, they got to have chain jumps. That'd be, that'd like motion sensor. Oof. They have a Koopa Troopa. They should sell those uh, in the animated show from back in the day. They had like those egg breakfast sandwich things <laughs> that Yoshi was eating. I can't wait for this. So you tap onto that. You got the power blocks. Is that going to like knock out the Koopa Troopa? It should. Boom, boom, We boom. see that it's You gotta oh, time shit. it right. So this is like an actual game. Yeah, and you're gonna get the. <laughs> you can't get it. <laughs> uh, all right, there you go. I got it. Good job, Miyamoto. Ah, that's awesome. That's so cool. All these kids lining up, being like, "I need, I can't get it right." You know, like they probably give people a couple chances or something. I wonder why it's taking them so long to do this. Because they want to do it right. On the <laughs> Maybe Americans. that's why, yeah. I don't want to fight Bowser Jr. Fuck you, I want to fight Bowser. Like, let's... Yeah, you got the... I want to do... Do, 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 do. Realistic underground cave resembles a huge maze. 
It feels a bit creepy. Yeah, it feels a bit creepy. It's... Turns out you step the uh, wrong location, you fall in lava for real. <laughs> He's having so much fun, too. I like that. That is awesome. We're doing a lot with the power band thing, so that's cool. <laughs> it's Bowser, the final boss. No, of course it's not. <laughs> if this was like a, you know, you take it into the PG-13 direction, he's like, nah, fuck it with you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Get a little too close to the Baba. Oh no, it exploded. <laughs> this is so fucking cool, and it's just the Mario part, too. Now, if they got into the Zelda thing, I'd skip forward that because I, I never was the Zelda thing, but let's see how this goes. <laughs> it's supposed to be that he turned small. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> That's so cool that they even bothered to do like the you now you're smaller Mario. I don't want to get crushed here. Yeah. Now I'm kind of like I kind of hope that they don't keep showing everything like that because then what's the point of going through if you've already seen the whole thing, you know? Nah, they were smart. Yeah, they cut out a good portion of that. I hope. Let's see what this next area is. One up factory. Oh, it's a gift shop. Okay. Oh, every place needs a gift shop. I would spend so much money. Like, Jesus. All those little, like, plush-type things. The, the hoodie. I have one of those uh, Luigi hoodies. Got that as part of a uh, promotional thing for fanboys. Nice. Toko Toko Mario. I had those little Mario um, McDonald's toys back in the day. Probably wore something now, and I probably threw them away. <laughs> so Is he just eating? Oh. Yeah, you're like a one second or something ahead of me on this popcorn in a little star container. Okay. Caramel peach. <laughs> you know how you know this is in Japan is... He says, oh, eating popcorn while you're walking might be a little ill-mannered. <laughs> okay. So we got, like, Mario and Luigi going around. These like, are great. Uh, These are fantastic. Yeah, looking. they look just like the characters. They're doing the whole Disney World type of thing. Even though, Even better than Disney. Their eyes blink. Dad's busy. (laughs) 
I like that he's in Brave. Yeah. <laughs> so then technically they should be Mario Miyamoto and Luigi Miyamoto, right? That's better than Mario yeah. Mario and Luigi Mario. The gift big gift box and a small one. Dude, I love those power bands. The restaurant's run by toads. How are they going to do this? <laughs> Here comes the chef. Canopio's <laughs> Cafe. Always like toad. Now, I can't imagine kids are going to really want a whole lot of mushroom dishes <laughs> if it's actually mushroom, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they're going to have to they're going to have to localize that. Well, I, I assume like, it's oh, like that they, they look like the mushrooms more so than uh actually like here's some, you know, shiitake whatever. Dude, this looks so cool. They should do oh, Okay, so they're showing the the like eating area, the cafeteria and they've got like the little onion looking thing from Mario 2. Which that's a good idea. And it makes it look like the toads are like cooking and all that. That's adorable. Man, it's such a shame that this isn't open already and that COVID's a thing, you know? I mean, not that I could be flying over to Japan for it or whatever, but like that seems like such a fun, like you bring your kids there. Jesus and... Christ. That looks Ooh. good. All right, this might not be for kids, but this is for me. Yeah, I want to eat that Wait. burger. After all the burger talk that I've done today. Did they say what the mushroom thing was? That like it looked like it was a little pastry or something. Which No, but it looked good. Yeah, we got Shy Guy. Underrated character. Needs his own game. Mario's game world has also been created in full scale skill at full scale. So is this coming to Florida at some point? Yeah, they're gonna say it. It's coming to California, Florida, and I think Singapore. Huh. Universal Studios Japan February. Really? Wow. Okay. I didn't think that it'd be February. I thought it would be like summer. They're doing better than we are. Yeah. Well, they have, they're more disciplined. <laughs> so I understand. Hollywood, California, Orlando, Florida. I'm so fucking going to uh, the one in Orlando at some point. We need to. Just like, it's got to be a thing. If you're able to visit Japan before they open. Yeah, I'm gonna visit. <laughs> come visit Super Nintendo World. So they didn't. They're not sure. I'm assuming that this is the end of the video, basically. Um, yeah, it seems like it. It kind of is. So they aren't. Well, hold on. They're, they're doing Bowser's castle inside his Mario Kart. So they needed a Mario Kart thing for sure. Yeah, I would assume you got a thing for Zelda. You got a thing for. Mario Kart, you got a Smash Bros, you got Kirby. Donkey Kong. Don they got to do a Donkey Kong. That's got to be like Animal Kingdom. Yeah, exactly. 
I don't know if they would have the rights to do Pokemon. I think so, right? Because that's weird. It's like Game Freak I, and Nintendo share it, sort of. So I don't know. But I, they probably bought enough of the rights of that it. That looks awesome. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. If they do have the Pokemon thing, they gotta be where you can like craft your own Pokeballs, like to you know personalize them. I like how there's the the banana on the um, like dude, the crowns and everything like that. That's cool too. Those trophies. This is a trophy for this race, exclusive to Universal Studios, huh? Now, if this like a an actual go kart type thing, that's significantly better, of course. If it's not, and it's just like you watch a go kart thing, then that kind of sucks. Oh, nah, there you go. Okay, sure. it's looks like it actually is like a ride. And I hope that they've got that like the like boo do 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 kind of beep beep beep. Yeah. So now we're heading towards the end of the video. There's a lot more that we didn't show you today. I'm very excited for your series. Yeah, I mean, they they got to show another point. Like, here's, like, the Kirby section. Here's the Metroid section or whatever. That was fantastic. That's, like, oh, that's so genuine. <laughs> we need uh, to put Grogu in Nintendo World and just the world will heal, you know? And Tom Cruise can be like, you see? Because you listened. <laughs> That's a good way to end off. That's happy. Happy moments. That's beautiful, <laughs> man. Thank you for going through Super Nintendo World. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, everybody. We uh, we figured we would do this kind of on the fly. If you think that this is uh, something you'd like to see more of or hear more of, because it's a yeah, podcast, then head up to Patreon because that is going to make a big difference for that. Even a dollar can go a long way, especially the more people that do that. But if you want to request something that you haven't done in a while, maybe you really are missing our fan tracks or something, then there's the pick your poison tier. And maybe you want to pick up a t-shirt or something on the merchandise side of things that helps out quite a bit too. If you want something a little bit more tangible for like a monetary donation or something. And if you don't have the spare change to get that, then I totally understand because COVID sucks and the world's the way that it is. But even other ways that are non-monetary help out a lot too. You know, just hitting the like button on this video makes a big difference. Subscribing to our YouTube channel if you haven't done that already. Sharing things if you think somebody's interested. Checking out the articles. You know, hitting the, uh, the retweet button or follow or you know any of that kind of stuff. It's all great. So the fact that you listen to this alone, I thank you. Uh, anything that you want to toss out for the uh, plug side of things? I, you know, I just want to say, please donate specifically to the fanboys Patreon whenever you can, because I love doing this. And I've said the only thing that would get me to leave wrestling media altogether is if I was able to just cover pop culture as a whole. And I love doing the fun side of pop culture. I like talking about The Mandalorian. I like talking about Super Nintendo World. And I want to do more of this always. And thank you. Follow me on Twitter at Police. <laughs> but thank you. Follow me at Tony Mango. Follow all our wrestling stuff over at Smart Out Moment. And stay tuned for everything else is happening here, because I don't know. I know at the very least, Six Flicks Picks for 2021 is coming out, because I already wrote that. And I'm going to try to write up 
some version of the Fanboys Film Awards. I can't really do what I normally do because no movies came out this year, but I'll try to do something about like what are my least favorite movies that I saw this year, my favorite ones, which ones are like the biggest surprise or you know the biggest disappointment, or yeah, I might do something. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But yeah, if it's uh, not happening on the channel or on the website, then you bug me about it and I'll try to make it happen. But we'll see you when we see you, everybody. That's going to do us in. It's time for us to geek out. Adios. Adios.